to start the new year, what an awesome thing to do to gather together in the house of the Lord with our brothers and our sisters and just celebrate what God has done. I hope that if you come here today, you are full of gratitude, full of thankfulness for all that God has done in our previous year, right? Amen. Amen. We are so grateful. We have testimonies that we're going to share throughout today that we have, we have gathered. We have testimonies. We have times of prayer and reflection, and we have times of worship. That's right. And as we, as we start today by reflecting on 2022, uh, some of you may be saying good riddance to 2022. Maybe some of you was a very difficult year for you. For some of you, it might have been your best year you've ever had. Uh, but what we know is there was definitely a lot of challenges that came in 2022. But what we know, no matter what you went through in 2022, we know that God was faithful. He cannot not be faithful. You see, sometimes we have to be very, very careful to not fall into the trap of thinking we know what faithfulness looks like all the time because sometimes we don't know what it looks like because we can easily fall into the trap of thinking faithfulness looks like, oh, I had a great year. God met me here, here, here. God did all these things. He did all these practical things for me, so God was faithful. That is, a, that is a way that he shows himself faithful, but it's not his only way. He's faithful in every circumstance because his faithfulness depends on him being true to who he is. As long as he's true to who he is, he's faithful. And he can't not be true to who he is because that is who he is. One of his names is actually faithful. And it is incredibly important that we take time in our own lives and even in the church to reflect on God's faithfulness. I know in my own personal life, he was so faithful to me in 2022. It wasn't a perfect year, not even close to a perfect year for my own standards, but the standards I have don't matter in my life as much as the God's standards for me and me standing in his will and his purpose for my life. But he's, he's protected me and my family, he's provided for me and my family, he's given us health. There's so many things for us to be thankful for when it comes to the, thank, the faithfulness of God in our life in the midst of all of it. And you know, for Joy and I, especially, we even think about the church because the church consumes so much of our life. We've seen the faithfulness of God in New Hope as well. In this church, it's been incredible to watch us go through this past year and see the faithfulness of God. Nothing bigger than the fact that we have seen people saved, we have seen people rededicating their lives to Jesus, we've seen people get really excited about Jesus. We've baptized about 25 people. We've seen a lot of excitement about the kingdom of God, and that is a win in the church. And we praise God for his faithfulness and helping us. I mean, even the fact that we as a church have grown this year in a post-pandemic world is very, very difficult to do. I'm kind of a stat junkie, and I read the stats, and let me tell you, the, 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 the path that New Hope has been on in the last year is not followed by many other churches when it comes to growth. So we thank him for that. We thank him that he is provided for us financially. We got through another year financially as a church. We praise God for that, because we couldn't do that without you guys, but that's God's faithfulness working through you to help provide for the church. In fact, we gave around $100,000 this year to missions and outreach all over the world. And we praise God for that. That is no small thing, church. In Africa, South America, the Middle East, we help get girls out of human trafficking. We help the homeless through the bridge ministry. We have done so much because of God's faithfulness through you and through us people in this church. And we just praise God for it. Uh, in the youth, Jessica said that the youth had an incredible year. There's 30 kids that got saved or rededicated their lives this year in our youth group. And we praise God for that. Incredible. 
had atheists and agnostics, people far from God coming to our youth services on Wednesday nights. That is huge. And it's all because our kids are inviting their kids because it's a safe place for them to do that. And so we praise God for that. And New Hope in the kids department, tons of faithfulness that we've seen God provide, just helping us even with our volunteers and all the events they've been able to do. We've been able to do a lot of our events cost-free to the church and, and just seeing God move in and through the leaders over in our kids department and seeing kids getting saved over there too. It's really incredible. God has been so good to the church. And as I meditate on the faithfulness of God, which I do a lot because that's a, that's a big thing for me because I believe understanding God's faithfulness it, 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 uh, it skirts over so many other things in our life when we could focus on the faithfulness of God. And every time I think about it, I can't help but go to the words of the prophet Jeremiah in Lamentations. In the third chapter, we see, you know, Jeremiah was the prophet of God at the time. And we see what he was, he was the mouthpiece for God. And he wrote the book Lamentations as a lament because Israel was not at a good place when Jeremiah was on the earth. And if you look at, in, in chapter three, I'm gonna read a couple verses here of the prophet Jeremiah lamenting. He says in verse 19, he says, I remember my affliction and wandering, the bitterness and the gall. Gall is, it just means like poison that he was experiencing. He says, I well remember them and my soul is downcast within me. Can anyone relate to that? Anyone feel like that was the, that describes their 2022? Wandering and affliction and poison and difficulties in your life? I'm sure many of you can. I know that 22 has been an exceptionally difficult year for many of you. I know that, but, it does not change the faithfulness of God. See, it's easy for us to think, oh, I didn't have, I had a lot of bad things happen this year, so God must be displeased with me, or he must be mad at me, or I did something wrong to take the blessing of God off my life. Jeremiah was the prophet of God. He was in the will of God, doing the purpose of God for his life, yet he says, I feel like I'm wandering, I feel like I'm being afflicted, and there's poison all around me. Even Jesus said, in this world, you're going to have trouble. There's going to be trouble. It doesn't affect the faithfulness of God. But Jesus didn't stop there. He said, you can take heart because I have overcome the world. And, and Jeremiah didn't stop there either. He went on in the very next verse. Look what he says. He says, yet this I call to mind and therefore I have hope because of the Lord's great love we are not consumed for his compassions never fail. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. Praise God. I say to myself, the Lord is my portion. Therefore, I will wait for him. The Lord is good to those whose hope is in him to the one who seeks him. You know, one of my biggest passions in ministry, one of the biggest things by far that gets me out of bed in the morning to continue the local church ministry is helping people to understand the faithfulness of God in all circumstances. Understanding that his faithfulness, it circumvents any circumstance that we have in our life. It, it reaches beyond any circumstance we have. And if you can grasp a hold of that, like Jeremiah did, he said, man, I am afflicted, I am wandering, but great is his faithfulness. And if we can get that in here and in here, it changes everything, church. It changes everything. God's faithfulness does not depend on our circumstances. And we can trust him in every single aspect of our life. He said, the Lord is good to those whose hope is in him and those who seek him. Jeremiah is saying, he's still good to me. Even though I'm afflicted, he's good to me. So we praise him because he has been good to us in 2022. So would you stand with me? What is your testimony from 2022? If I was to ask each one of us individually, where has God been faithful in your life in this year? I promise you every one of us could talk about the faithfulness of God. Because I, the reason I know that is because you're here. You're still here. 
He's been faithful to each one of us. And so what I did over this past week, I reached out to a few people and just asked them to, to share with me some way that God has been faithful in their life. And man, the response was incredible. I was so overwhelmed and blessed just reading people's declarations of God's faithfulness in their life. And I thought, you know what? I should share that with us today. So I'm gonna share some of these testimonies that have been given. Uh, I asked people just to send me a couple sentences of how God showed himself faithful in their life. And I'm gonna read a few of them now and I'm gonna read some of them a little later too, but I think there's something that stirs our heart when we can see how God has been faithful. It's so important that we are reflecting on his faithfulness. So the, the first one is, it says, in the everyday struggles of life and work, his word and presence sustain me, strengthen me and encourage me to continue to press on, to fight the good fight, to contend for the faith, he remains faithful, praise God. He has been faithful to bring me community who have supported me, encouraged me, and loved me. Huge prayer answer. I feel like God gave me this beautiful perspective in 2022. I used to be so caught up in my own dreams and what I thought that would look like, but this year I have realized that the most fulfilling thing has been to walk with other people through their brokenness and hurt. I've seen God bring purpose to what felt like bitter loss, and that's been beautiful. This year I saw the faithfulness of God as he helped me to overcome a pattern of thinking that had caused me to have debilitating anxiety and depression. Praise God. Thank the Lord. In 2022, God made a way for me to surround my children with great spiritual influence. I watched them grow rapidly in their faith, saw a great change in their character, and rejoiced as each of them were baptized. That's a good year. Praise God. He's been faithful through various trials in 2022. When I doubted, had fear, questioned his ability, he also pro provided margin in my life to completely read the New Testament, looking forward to what he will reveal to me in the Old Testament this year. And then finally, day to day in every area, he has been faithful every way, financially, emotionally, relationships, physically, spiritually, and has provided every need that we have. He was faithful when my mother fell ill in Europe or fell in Europe and he provided the people and things needed to get her well enough to get her back to the States. The accident was very close to being catastrophic, but God was faithful. Praise God. Let's praise God for his faithfulness. You know, all these people could have sent me a, a, probably a longer list of ways that they had challenges this year, but it's important that we remember and we reflect on the goodness and the faithfulness of God in our life. We thank him for his faithfulness. Amen, amen. And if you've been at church this past year, you know that even in, I think it was November or October, we did the echo chamber where we're just talking about echoing what God has done. You know, even in secular, um, in secular science, when it comes to our minds and our thinking and the patterns of our thinking and tools that are even used in counseling for people who are struggling um, to, to, with anxiety or stress or fear, you may see these out when you're shopping if you're a woman. I don't think Reagan would ever see this, but there are things called gratitude journals. Has anybody ever seen those? There are gratitude journals because there is something in us that needs gratitude to flourish. And when we hear these testimonies and we hear what God has done, it stokes our faith to know that tomorrow is gonna be okay because God is the same yesterday, today, and He will be forever. Right. Amen. 
And so I want to share a chapter in Psalm with you. If you have your Bibles, you can read it. I think we're going to throw it up in Psalm 116. There's a psalmist writing, and in a lot of commentaries, this chapter is called The Vow of Gratitude. And what you're going to see is what Reagan said. We're going to get context clues for why the psalmist is actually writing the scripture, but he is making known who God is. And that's what we wanna focus on in this part of our time, is who is God? Because we just looked at what God has done, but who he is is central to what he's done and what he will do in our lives, right? And so I'm gonna read through pretty quickly, but we're gonna get a list of who God is based on this chapter. He says here, I love the Lord for he heard my voice. He heard my cry for mercy because he turned his ear to me. What that says to me is God is a really good listener. He is very present. He is everywhere. He is with us all the time. He will not leave us. He will not fail us. And so the psalmist is saying, he heard me. I love him because he's with me and because he hears me and he heard my cry for mercy and because he turned his ear to me. I will call on him as long as I live. Amen? How many of you feel that way? The cords of death entangled me. This is why he's writing it. The cords of death entangled me. The anguish of the grave came over me. I was overcome with distress and sorrow. Maybe last year, felt like death and sorrow. Maybe it was just emotionally a crushing year. Maybe it felt like death would have been easier than life last year, guys. Maybe it was a good year for some of you. But this is a psalmist who's talking about the goodness of God. He says, then I called on the name of the Lord, save me. The Lord is gracious, he's righteous. The Lord is gracious. He's gracious. God is gracious. God didn't give him a list of all the ways he messed up to get himself in a place where he felt that way. God was gracious and he met him. The Lord is righteous. Our God is full of compassion. Wherever you're hurting, your God is full of compassion for you. The Lord protects the unwary. The Lord is your protector. If you're feeling insecure, what, what, who's gonna protect me? Maybe you grew up in a home or you're in a home or maybe you have felt life like you have had to figure it out for yourself. You're your protector. You're the one who's making things happen for you. That is a lie because here we see God is our protector. When I was low, he saved me. So now the psalmist is speaking to the emotional mess inside of himself. He will vacillate between self-awareness and he's commanding his soul. This is something for us in this moment today as we worship. There's a tension in worship for us so many times. We can get stirred in the songs what he's done, what he's done. I could, I could jump out of my skin when I'm singing what he's done. But sometimes there's a voice that's like, but I needed him and maybe he didn't show up the way 
that I wanted him to. And maybe sometimes I'm going between, is he really good? Is he really not good? And the psalmist has it right here because he commands his soul to line up with who God is. And he says, return to your rest, my soul, for the Lord has been good to you. Some of us need that today. For you, O Lord, have delivered me from death, my eyes from tears, my feet from stumbling, that I may walk before the Lord in the land of the living. I trust in the Lord. He is trustworthy, church. When I said I'm greatly afflicted, and in my alarm I said everyone's a liar, he overreacted just like we all do sometimes. It's all bad, the sky's falling, it's all bad, nothing feels good. The psalmist knew that. And so he's saying to his soul, line up because our God is good. He is trustworthy. He's protected us. Okay? So the last part of this chapter, I'm not even going to read it. Go read it. But here's the deal. The last part of that chapter is a vow to live out his days in gratitude, in freedom, because of who God is. So today, would you stand up with me just for a minute here? And maybe you're, you're at that place where your emotions, your soul, your emotions who aren't necessarily bad, they're indicators of, of things that are going on inside of us. Maybe our emotions need to be told today who God is and we can commit the rest of this year to walk in gratitude and gratefulness, acknowledging our great God. So if this is you today and you wanna lift up a hand or you just wanna bow your hand to respond to this, I'm gonna say a prayer over you. Maybe you need to know the Lord today is your healer. Maybe you're is sick in body. You've lost hope. Maybe you have lost hope in your marriage. Maybe it feels so broken. And in your emotions, you've said all is lost. And God today is the mender of broken relationships. You say to your marriage today, my God is a forgiving God. My God can heal. He can take what is dead and he can make it alive in Jesus' name. My God, I don't have to perform for him. I should just give myself to him today. So. Would you bow your heads and I'm gonna pray. God, I ask you today whatever, whatever is stirring in the hearts, whatever that is in our hearts that is like, has question marks. Is God gonna come through? Is he good? Does God like me? Am I good enough? God, would we say today, rest to our souls. Our God is good. He's trustworthy. He's faithful. He's kind. He approves of His children. We couldn't, we couldn't do enough to make you love us more, and we couldn't fail enough to make you love us less. You are love. 
So we thank you today, God. We commit this year to acknowledging, Lord, this is our vow of gratitude, just like the psalmist. And we thank you. Hallelujah. Is he worthy of your song? Man. It is good to worship God in light of the truth of who he is. It changes everything when we know who he is. He's absolutely 1,000% worthy of our song, worthy of our love, worthy of our worship, worthy of everything that we are. And in this moment of worship, in this, in this moment that we have here today, we wanna take this opportunity to receive the elements. We're gonna receive communion today. So hopefully you got one of these when you came in. If you did not, if you'll raise your hand, we'll make sure you get one so you can receive the elements with us this morning. And if you're not familiar with communion, this is, this is, something we do because Jesus told us to. We do this in remembrance. There's no magic behind these. It's just a way of us remembering his faithfulness, remembering who he is. He says, until I return, do this in remembrance of me. It reminds us of the goodness of God. It reminds us of his faithfulness in not denying his calling to go to the cross, but actually embracing it for you and me. In fact, the words of Paul in 1 Corinthians 11, he tells us, reiterates what Jesus said. He said, for I received from the Lord what I also passed on to you. The Lord Jesus on the night he was betrayed, he took bread and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, this is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. It's not, it's not the literal body of Jesus. This is a representation of his body being broken for us so that we can have forgiveness of sin. Go ahead and peel that top layer back and, and grab that little wafer out of there. And we're gonna receive this together today, remembering what Jesus did for us. So let's take the bread together. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for your body that was broken. We bless your holy name today. Thank you that you did not run away from why you were here. And because of what you did for us, because of the cup you drank, we get to drink of the cup of redemption, of forgiveness, and of relationship with you. And we rejoice in that today. In the same way, after supper, he took the cup, saying this cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. For whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Let's drink this cup remembering that Jesus' blood was shed for us. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. God, we remember your ultimate sacrifice today. Everything we've ever given you pales in comparison to what you gave for us. We rejoice in it today. We revel in your incredible faithfulness, not only in our lives, but for our lives, doing what you had to do so that we could know you. We rejoice in that today and we bless you in Jesus' name. So we've been, we reflected on 22. We talked about who God is for us today, but it is also important, and hear me church, healthy to talk about expectations. A healthy Christian has expectations in their faith, okay? We cannot get caught up in thinking, oh, well, you know what, just whatever God wants to do, he's gonna do. You know, it's just whatever he wants, it's gonna happen anyway, so I'm just gonna take it with a grain of salt, whatever comes my way, no. A healthy follower of Jesus will have expectations in their life. 
So you should have expectations in your life and in your faith. What do you need God to meet you at in this coming year? Where do you need him to meet you? Is it in a relationship, in your marriage, with your kids? Is it in your finances? Is it in your job? Is it in your health? Is it in your emotional health? Where do you need him to meet you? All those places are great and God meets us in those places. He loves to meet our practical needs as much as our spiritual needs. He's a good God, that's who he is. But more importantly than all of those practical needs are the spiritual needs. Do you want him to meet you at a place where you would love him more this year? Where you would know him on a more intimate level this year? Because those are prayers he answers, those are expectations he wants from us. Because when we have those expectations, he loves to meet us in that place where he will reveal himself more to us. You know, the biggest blessing, the biggest testimony I have for this past year is the fact that I love Jesus more today than I ever have. That I wanna serve him today more than I ever have. That I wanna live for him today more than I ever have in my life. And church, if, if, this, if this job that I have went away tomorrow, none of that would change. None of that. Because it's not about ministry, it's about a relationship with him. And your expectation and my expectation should be that he would meet us in his relationship with us in a way that we could never do on our own, that we could never have on our own. So what are you believing for him to do for you in your relationship with him this year? You might even ask, well, what should my mindset be? Right, because sometimes there's a gap between what we want and getting it. So what should that mindset be? Well, I believe the apostle Paul in his letter to the church in Philippi gave us a great passage here that shows us his mindset in his relationship with Jesus and we could take it 2,000 years later and it applies perfectly to our life today. Out of Philippians 3, I wanna read verses 10 to 14, one of the best passages in all the Bible. He says, I want to know Christ and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of sharing in his sufferings, becoming like him in death, as so somehow to attain the resurrection from the dead. Not that I have already obtained all this or have already been made perfect, but I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. In other words, I press on to take hold of Jesus. That's what he's focusing on. Brothers, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it, but one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining towards what is ahead, having expectation towards what is ahead, I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. Paul says here, I am pressing on to take hold of that which God has for me. What we know he has for you, I can't tell you what he's got for you in your finances or in your relationships or in your health and all the other things that go on in this world. What I can tell you is, is that to press on to take hold of what he has for you, your relationship with him, he is always about that. He is always about taking us to a deeper level. He is always about revealing more of himself to us so that we, that our worship can be even more genuine so that our life that we live outwardly can be more genuine for him, to him, and for his purposes in our life. That's what he wants for each and every one of us. And Paul is saying here, I press on, and then Paul gives us one of the keys to looking forward. He says, forgetting what is behind. How many of you know the things behind us can hinder the things in front of us more than we ever give it credit? Some of us will take what happened in 22 and let that affect our 23 in ways that is not of God. 
We will say, well, I can't trust God because of this that happened last year. I can't do it. I need some time to kind of soothe or, or lick my wounds or whatever. I just can't fully trust. Some of you, it's not even 22. Some of you, it's back in 12 or 02 or the 80s or 90s or even further back that something has happened and you're not forgetting that past. You're allowing it to dictate your future. You're allowing it to dictate your faith and how you will stand with God and believe God in your life. And Paul is saying you have to forget what is behind. It doesn't mean you completely forget it. It means you don't allow what happened in the past to dictate your future. And you strain towards what is ahead. You discipline yourself toward what is ahead. You know, I read a, I read a wonderful pa uh, quote this week. I don't even know who it was from, but it just resonated with me. It said that in life, as a human, you're going to experience one of two different kinds of pains in life. There's two pains that you're going to experience one of them in your life. And you have the choice as to which one of those you're gonna experience. One is the pain of discipline, and the other one is the pain of regret. We're all going to experience one or, one or of those. And you know right now which one you're experiencing in your life. Because you know, it's, discipline in its nature is difficult, it's painful, right? Sitting on a couch, eating potato chips, and binge watching TV all day is not painful, it's easy. That's also not discipline. And you're gonna have regrets if you do that with your whole life, because you're gonna see all the things that you didn't do and all the, all the opportunities you let pass because of giving in to that selfish nature. But discipline is painful. Discipline is painful. Taking care of your body is painful. Eating well is painful. Doing the things that require discipline in our life, it's always got resistance, there's always gonna be pain. But the weight of regret is a thousand times worse than the weight of discipline. And in our faith, it's the exact same way. This quote I read wasn't even a thing about faith. It was actually a thing about working out, take care of your body. But I'm like, man, does it fit with our faith? If you are not disciplined in your faith, you will have regrets. Now we know God is compassionate, forgiving, loves us, long-suffering, patient, all those things. We don't have to live in regret, but we will have the regrets of wishing I had done more. We have to purpose ourselves to be disciplined, to strain towards what is ahead of us. We should all be reading our Bibles every day. We should be praying every day, not because God says to, not even because it's the right thing to do, but because we live in a world where we are marinating all the time in things that are anti-Christian. All day, every day. You know it, I know it. Everything in this world it's not like it's got an agenda, everything in this world doesn't have an agenda against Christians, but most of what is in the world is contrary to what is in our word. And we're marinating in those things. You can't separate them. You can't live in a, in a commune somewhere and completely remove yourself from them. We're in it. You see it in your workplace. You see it with your neighbors, with your friendships, on TV, on social media, on your phone. It's everywhere and we're marinating in it all the time. The only way to defeat that stuff in our life is to make sure we're also marinating in the word of God. It's empowering us and giving us what we need to live for him. So it's not about meeting a quota or making sure we're doing the right things because that's what a good Christian does, but it's making sure we are being disciplined so that we don't live with regret in our life. That's exactly what Paul is talking about here. You know, almost every aspect of our faith is discipline. It goes against what we would naturally want to do, right? The Bible says, don't lie. I want to lie if it, if it suits me. Don't be greedy, but I wanna be greedy. Don't be selfish, I wanna be selfish. Don't lust, I wanna lust. Don't, 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 don't. And every, every one of those things is like, man, I really wanna do that though. 
because everything in our faith is a discipline. Praise God we don't do it on our own. We have the Holy Spirit in us, empowering us as we surrender and submit ourselves to the Spirit of God in our life. He works in us and through us to help us accomplish what God has called us to do. And we thank Him for that. And we also have community that can encourage us and challenge us in our discipline, in our life. So I wanna encourage you in that as we, as we go forward this year, let's live lives of discipline. Not because that's what a good Christian will do, but because that is the way to really live life. That is the way to live without regret. That is the way to really prove the faithfulness of God in your life, is to live a life that is disciplined for Him. I'm gonna ask you to stand with me. I wanna pray for you as, again. We're taking this opportunity today to pray over you guys as we start this brand new year. You know, you don't have to have a calendar flip to have a newness in life, but it sure is nice when we know we got a brand new year, everybody recognizes it and acknowledges it. And in this new year, we wanna make sure you are covered in prayer and covered in, in believing with us for you and for all of us that we can live lives exemplifying the faithfulness of God. So pray with me this morning. Heavenly Father, we love you today. We thank you for your faithfulness. We thank you for your word. We thank you, God, that you have been faithful in every circumstance. Thank you that your compassions never fails, that your mercies are new every single morning. Great is your faithfulness. Lord, we want to strain towards the goal that you have for us, Lord, to know you in a greater way, to serve you, to love you, to be with you, to be, to be uh, in your purpose for our life in a greater way this year, God. And Lord, help us to forget what is behind. Lord Jesus, for everyone in this room, everyone under the sound of my voice that is allowing the past to dictate their future, that stops today. In the name of Jesus, we command all those voices in the heads to be silenced in the name of Jesus, that your spirit would rule and reign inside of us, that we would listen to the truth and the lies would be exposed for exactly what they are, lies from the pit of hell. Lord, that we know that when you forgive, that when you release us from those things, Lord, that it is gone. And sometimes we're the only ones holding on to it. Lord, we commit today not to hold on to those things anymore. We're letting them go. We're trusting you. And God, we are surrendering our lives to you. We are submitting our lives to you, God. Let your purpose be accomplished in every one of our lives. Let your will be done in every one of our lives. We lay down our wills, we lay down our purposes, and we stand on your purpose and on your truth. God, we wanna see you glorified. Help us to believe and know and trust in your faithfulness in a greater way in this year, God, for your glory and for our good. And we pray in Jesus' holy and precious name. And everyone said, Amen, amen. Let's continue to worship. I want to re finish reading the rest of these testimonies that were shared with me this week. These are from people in our church. It says, he has really blessed us in the area of finances. When I look at what he has done over the years and how much we have grown, it is overwhelming and I am super grateful. More than just money, we have worked incredibly hard, but God has been so faithful with our employment. My husband and I both have jobs we love. God has answered very specific prayers about my husband's job especially. His faithfulness gives me confidence to look to other current challenges and just trust him. Praise God. God has blessed me this past year by helping me to appreciate so many things I've taken for granted for so many years, but mostly the value of a loving family and especially a loving wife. And by allowing me to witness the love of my sister for our other sister who is suffering through cancer and Alzheimer's. God's faithfulness in sickness through somebody else. Every day, church, every day every day. 
God's faithfulness is ongoing, but I am truly grateful for what he has done for some of our most vulnerable friends who have escaped Afghanistan. We have seen a young family whose baby was born during the collapse make it to the U.S. and any day now a mom and two young daughters who literally escaped explosions and hunger will be reunited with their dad who's a professor here in the U.S. God has truly shown me that once I've done all I can do, his work is not done. Praise God. God has shown himself faithful and trustworthy numerous times this year, including when we had another water leak this year, causing our home to be completely repiped. Fear and anxiety came in, but God showed up again. It was more of an inconvenience and expense than, than what the accuser made it out to be. God does not leave us alone to go through things. He is always there and going through it with us, praise God. God has shown himself faithful to my family this year in so many ways. My husband decided that serving at church and attending church was more important than finances. We knew that God would provide, so he took a less paying job to have more time with us and for God. Within seven months of this new job, he not only got one promotion, but two, and more than replacing what we had lost. Praise God. I could read these all day. Our family has a solid community for the first time in eight years. That is not to be overlooked. Praise God for community. My sister, who was homeless and addicted to fentanyl, heroin, and meth, has been sober for 72 days now, has a job at Goodwill, lives with my other sister, and started reading her Bible. Woo! God was faithful with physical healing for my mom. She is in remission from cancer. Praise God for that. The Lord was with me and my wife at work. This year, she has been promoted to full VIP, full, full VP, and I got a substantial pay increase. Praise God. I'm sure she's a VIP too. And when I was having surgery in the hospital, I really felt a supernatural peace. Never felt worried, just wholly trusting in him. Praise God. And last but not least, after years of IV drug addiction, my brother was diagnosed with a very aggressive cancer. The doctor gave him one to three months to live. I've been praying for my brother for years. I prayed with my brother and for his healing. He lived one year after the diagnosis, which, which is a miracle. He gave his life to Jesus and repented for his sins. When he died, he was saved. Thank you, Jesus. Praise God. This is just a small sample of the faithfulness of God. We all have a story. We all have experienced the faithfulness of God. And we, we just are so excited for this new year. The great thing about a new year is it's a clean slate, lots of expectation. God, God's gonna move in your life this year. I believe it with all my heart. I believe that it's gonna be a great year for his people and for this church and for all of us, I really do. I believe God's gonna show his faithfulness in manifest ways that we're gonna be talking about for a long, long time. And we just thank you for being part of what we're doing here at the church. Yeah, and if you can't tell, we are trying to stoke your faith as we enter this next year. Starting next week, we have 21 days of prayer and commitment. And New Hope, we've taken those times to really lean into God, to pray, um, many of us fast during that time, but we wanna take this year and we, we kinda changed the name from 21 days of prayer and fasting, not that we're, we're not gonna to promote fasting, but just a time of commitment, committing ourselves to the Lord, to His purpose, praying His, His heart in our lives and trusting Him this year. For a lot of us, that's gonna look like we're gonna be believing big things over our children, our marriages, our health, 
But the greatest blessing from a 21 days of prayer and commitment is that we come out of it so settled in who God is, so believing it. You know, this past year, I can say I've had more pressure in my life than I probably have ever had in my entire life. And yet I feel like I have known God closer than I have ever known. And I, I, I tell Reagan all the time, I said, I can't even believe it. Like I'm so at peace because I actually trust that He is who He says He is. And that is the biggest, the biggest blessing in our life and we believe that. So come next Sunday, ready for the sermons, ready for the month, we will, we will have, and like maybe you guys have been here, some of you haven't, we're going to, at the end of our 21 days, the International Potluck. So we will have foods from all over the place. We're taking advantage of the fact that we have a very um, international congregation and it's always a lot of fun. So we will have that at the end of our 21 days. Yes, so God bless you guys. We pray that this week starts off wonderful for you for this new year and, uh, and that you prepare yourself for next Sunday when we do start our 21 days of prayer together. So God bless you guys. Let me pray over us and then we'll sing a song as we go. Father God, we love you today. We thank you so much for your blessings in our life. Thank you for every person here today, Lord. And I pray today, God, that you would be made known in our lives. We dedicate ourselves to you. We love you, we thank you for this new year. Thank you that we made it through another one and I pray a blessing over every single person's 2023, that we would see your faithfulness in ways that will blow our mind this year, God. We look forward to it, we expect it, and we love you. In Jesus' precious name, and everyone said, amen, amen.